Hello and welcome back to the Shah's Wellbeing Podcast. I thought for today's episode I would share my story and my experience with an eating disorder over the years that I've had one until now. Um, yeah, so just talking about, you know, where my eating disorder kind of stemmed from, um, my experience in recovery so far and all of that jazz. Um, I just wanted to say before I start, if you feel like you might get triggered by any of this or if you're not in a state to listen to this at the moment, um, please feel free to just get out of this, listen to it later or don't listen at all if you feel like it's not the thing for you right now or ever because I know this can be triggering for some people. It can be helpful for a lot of people but I know it could trigger some people or could hit close to home so please by all means just click out of here. I won't be offended if you don't want to listen um, but for those who want to listen and for those you think it might be helpful I'm just going to share my story um, in the hopes that it will help some of you and bring light and spread awareness about this debilitating disorder that unfortunately a lot of people don't understand and don't understand where it can stem from. So I'm just going to get started. Um, I think the things like the precursors to my eating disorder kind of started probably when I was about 14, I'd say 14 or 15. Um, I got really into like the gym and eating healthy. It didn't have the intention of losing weight. Um, I was never really um, like overweight or anything. I was definitely weighed a lot more than I did now, but I was still at a healthy weight. But I remember at the start of, I think it was year eight, I made a lot of new friends and they really like got onto the gym trend you know this is just when eating healthy was kind of becoming a thing on social media so they were like oh let's go to the gym and let's you know go get an acai bowl after um and you know I kind of just fell into that trap and at first it was just like I'd go to the gym a couple of times a week you know maybe for half an hour um and you know I just try and eat a bit healthier but I was still eating a lot I remember at this time um, in fact, I was probably eating more than I do now. I was eating very healthy food, but like I would eat a lot of it. Like I think I'd come home and eat like four pieces of toast with avocado every afternoon. Um, but I was just eating very healthy. It was kind of more like just an obsession with eating healthy food, but I was still eating a normal amount. Um, but yeah, it kind of just slowly went downhill without me consciously noticing it. Um, you know, I started eating even healthier. Like I I thought bread was okay, but then all of a sudden it's like, no, you can't have bread because carbs are bad now. Um, and then all these rules of brown food just kept forming because I just kept finding stuff. I was following like these healthy inspo accounts um, and I just, all these rules just slowly, like every month, a new kind of rule or like, um, habit kind of popped up. And then I was going to the gym like every day and it wasn't just for half an hour. It was like for two hours. It was intense. Um, so it kind of just 
it was slow, but slowly but surely, like, it all just popped up. And I think over the next few months, probably the next year and a bit, it just kind of, you know, slowly progressed into what I think was more so orthorexia. Because I can definitely, looking back, I was eating enough, but it was just, I had an obsession with exercising and eating healthy only. So I definitely think it was more of an orthorexia disorder. Um, But no one really noticed because I hadn't really lost much weight. I don't think I really lost weight, maybe a little bit, but nothing noticeable. Um, So yeah, no one really noticed, but... I was becoming obsessed with like controlling my food and um, exercise. I was just, it was becoming an obsession and it was taking up a lot of what I thought about every day. Um, Like I remember in class just thinking, oh, I'm gonna plan my meals. Like I'd go in my notes app and plan out all my meals. Um, And then, yeah, then I found out what a calorie was and that yeah was not fun I think I was in science class and we were doing topic of energy and yeah basically I found out what a calorie was and because I'm a very curious person I did some more researching and sorry if you can hear that by the way there's a plane and they really they fly really low around here so they're very loud so don't mind that but anyways um I was talking about calories So yeah, I found out what a calorie was and then I became obsessed with counting calories and this is another obsession Um, and another, you know, it was just like the more obsessions I started getting involved with, like the more things in life I was forgetting about, like I was forgetting about my schoolwork, I know my grades went down a bit, I cared less about school, I was forgetting about my friends, like I was avoiding them because I didn't want to break these obsessions and habits Um, and I remember probably a year after this started I was in a very dark place because I felt so isolated because I wasn't close I hadn't lost my friends but I just wasn't close with them it wasn't like it used to be and um, I just yeah drifted away from a lot of them I was a very 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 social person before this, um, I, you know, I was like friends with everyone, talk to everyone. But then after this, um, I just lost so many people, and I started to becoming started becoming scared to talk to people. Like, I just became more and more introverted and anxious around people. I think it was because of this, because of the disorder that was emerging. Anyways, yeah, this was more of an orthorexia thing and it gradually got worse and then I think kind of stayed the same probably till I was about 16, between 16 and 17, don't remember the exact age, but um, it was a brand new year and I just got my braces off and I don't, it kind of spiraled after I just got my braces off, I don't know why. I just remember it was the time I got my braces off, which I had had for years and years. Um, Anyways, it just, yeah, kind of spiraled. This was like just before the second COVID lockdown or just after the first, because we had COVID the year before, but then, um, yeah, we had the second lockdown the next year. 
And I just remember like, it just all of a sudden, bang, like out of nowhere, it got so bad. Like I was probably, I think, kind of restricting food, but nothing, still kind of in the normal range, I'd say, but probably restricting it for me um, and my needs. But it was nothing like intense, but then all of a sudden, like it just went from eating a normal amount to eating like nowhere near a normal amount and I seriously don't know how it happened it was just like one day I woke up and I was like very very sick very sick I was already sick in the mind but I was physically sick and it happened so quickly and um I honestly don't remember how just all of a sudden and then I was finally getting like attention from everyone my family was super concerned about me um, and I got brought to the doctor and they were like, oh my God, like, this is not good. You've got something wrong. At first it was, um, Arford, I don't know, is it, do you say Arford or Arford? I'm sorry if I said that wrong, but I got diagnosed with that. Um, cause I was like, I talked to the doctor about how I just wasn't interested in food when that was a lie, because I was interested in food. I just my mind wouldn't let me eat it, but I wasn't scared of it. I just, I was a bit scared of it, but I wasn't like, no, I won't eat this food. And like, I wasn't extremely picky, but I got diagnosed with it at first because I kind of, you know, lights and was like, no, it's not body image related. Like, I don't really care about food. I just don't want to eat it. Um, And then I went back a few weeks later because they kind of put me on like, a meal plan just to help me gain weight but I wasn't following that and I think sadly going to the doctor made it worse like getting professional help made it worse I was just seeing a doctor and a dietitian at first because getting into seeing an eating disorder psychologist was a weight that was like a massive weight and it was a long process and it cost a lot it cost a lot and with that like with the dietitian and everything I could get it subsidized but not with the psychologist and there was only one in the area as well so which makes me sad because we need definitely need more psychologists and dietitians specialized in eating disorders specifically anyway I went home and I was just I got worse I started this when I started like crying at every meal I refused to eat, like, just yelling at my parents. I treated them so badly. I And this is when I was doing everything I could. I came up, I'm not going to go in detail with them, but I, you know, came up with the all the tricks. I learned all the tricks to avoid eating and to exercise heaps and to just try and work all the food I was actually eating off. Um, it just got worse since I went to the doctor and I came back even worse and I came, went to a different doctor because the first one um, I wasn't too fond of. And I could tell they didn't really have an understanding of eating disorders. But I went to a new doctor and she was a younger doctor and she, I knew she could tell I had anorexia. And I filled out another survey and I was more honest this time, more open and I got diagnosed with anorexia nervosa and 
I was literally, I met all the criteria for going to hospital. Um, the doctor was so concerned about me. My parents were so concerned about me. My mum ran the hospital and they were like, yeah, she needs to come in. Um, this eating disorder psychologist, my mum tried to email her and she was like, she desperately needs help. I was like, I would have gone to hospital if it was not for number one, COVID, because they, there were restrictions um, on who was to go to hospital. And number two, this doctor, like, she's amazing. She really, she believed in me and she was like, I, like, I could refer you to hospital right now, but I believe in you. And like, that was so heartwarming um, because I think going to hospital um, would have, it would have like triggered me a lot and it would have scarred me because I've always had a thing with hospitals. Like and hospitals are amazing. Not It's not amazing to be in hospital, but they're, the job they do is amazing. And I commend everyone for that. And I think the development of hospitals over time has been great. But I just have always found them being there very, like, upsetting to me. And I think, um, yeah, if I would have gone to hospital, especially having a tube and having, you know, my meal structure being forced to eat, I don't think I would have... I would have been traumatised, let's just say the least. Because I am very sensitive to a lot of things. And my whole eating disorder experience was quite traumatising um enough but anyways she kept me out of hospital and this is when I just started the longest um most bumpiest recovery journey ever so I think I was like nearly 17 at this time and for a solid I think until December it was like probably like um, April or May to December I was just like up and down up and down like, I'd gain a bit of weight, lose all the weight. Gain all the weight, lose all the weight. It was, like, the most up and down thing ever. I'd wake up one day and I'd do amazing. I'd be, like, on track to recovery. And then a week later, I'd fall behind and I'd get back into my old habits. It was, like, it was just a roller coaster. I just remember every week was a new story. And because my parents are divorced and I go between the two houses, it was, like, one week, one house would send me off. And then the next week... Like, next time I go back to that house, they'd be like, oh, my God, you've lost all your progress, blah, blah, blah. And it was hard because I think this is before I was seen a psychologist and I was just put on, like, supplements, like the onshore. had to have, like, three of those a day. Oh, my God, that was not fun. Um, I absolutely hate the taste of it. It is revolting. (laughs) Some people like it, but I just, yeah, no, thanks. Um... Anyways, I just remember, like, it was all very weight-focused for a few months. It was, like, that was... I was getting weighed every week at the doctor. Um, It was just all about weights. And I think because I didn't even understand eating disorders at that time. Like, I was, like, what's going on? Um, I knew I had some eating issues, but, like, I didn't really understand the big psychological aspect of it which is pretty much all of it like weight is it's just a symptom it's not even a symptom in everyone it's just like 
It's but it's not what the eating disorder is about, if that makes sense. But I just remember like everyone was like focusing on my weight but not focusing on like my mental health trying to prevent me relapsing and losing weight again. It was just a roller coaster and I was so exhausted and I remember waking up and every day was the same. And I just yeah not a good time like thinking back I'm like wow I was living in Groundhog Day and it was not good it was not fun and I was like suffering every single day I and because lockdown made it worse because I was you know I was so isolated I couldn't see any of my friends or my extended family I was just so isolated and yeah this circle went around for months and months and months and there were times where I like really had to go to the doctor and just how they were like, oh, you're on the brink of going to hospital. It was just a lot. And thinking back, I do not miss it at all. That was probably one of the worst periods of my entire life. But then I got in to see a psychologist who specializes in eating disorders and she like presented to me um, the Maudsley family method because... I'm lucky enough that my family really, really supported me and wanted to be part of my recovery. So it was kind of like your family, like my, the dietitian was giving me like, I loved my dietitian's approach. It was called the plate by plate. It was like, rather than focusing on how many calories and stuff to eat, it was focusing on the food groups to eat and how much of the plate they should take up rather than based on like calories, like you got to have, or grams, like, I don't know, 200 grams of rice. It was like, fill the rice to this section of the plate. And I really, really liked that and appreciate it now. And it was like, including everything. So you'd have it, you have healthy foods, more nutritious foods, fibrous foods, but then you'd also have like a treat. It was, yeah, it was really good. And it was incorporating that into all your three meals and then incorporating three snacks into that um, and having like two items at each snack that are different. It was it was a very good, I think, um, yeah, it was a very good approach to treating the nutrition side of eating disorders. And if you want to read up more about that, I think um, there's an Instagram called The Plate by Plate Approach. Um, I'll link it down below, but it's a very good framework for it. And I'm very appreciative of my dietitian. She had such a good understanding of eating disorders. She's even like, kind of like a psychologist to me. She helped me with my body image issues. She was amazing. So I'm really grateful for her. But I was also seeing my psychologist who was specialized in eating disorders and her approach tied into that. It was about family, the importance of sitting with your family at meals um, and having them to support you. And it was about letting go of control. And at first I was like, oh my God, what the hell? Like, no way, no way. Because my whole eating disorder, like besides stemming from kind of an orthorexic, healthy eating thing, it was very much about control. And I think that's like how it got worse because I think it got really bad the start of my 
final year of school and I just felt so out of control and now thinking back it's like that makes sense why it just like blew out of proportion I think I was just so I felt like no control over my studies and with stuff going on in my life so I was like you know I'm good at this I can control this and then it just control and then it was controlling me the eating disorder and then I didn't know how to get out and now that I think about it it makes a lot of sense but anyways I was talking about my dietitian's approach so her it was about including your family and giving them control like just putting all the control into them to quiet the eating disorder voice and I actually really appreciate and like this approach so like my family would have full control of all my meals within reason they wouldn't just like they knew I didn't like pizza um I'm sorry yeah I don't really like pizza (laughs) I know a lot of you are probably like what how does she like pizza but just never liked it so they wouldn't give me pizza they knew what I didn't like But they also knew it was kind of remembering the foods that when I was a child, I liked. Um, Like I know like pasta and stuff. I used to like it, but they were like, oh, maybe we should give her that because like she used to like it. Why wouldn't she like it now? Um, Like it was also because incorporating that so my parents would know what are my fear foods. Because if I ate it as a child, then most likely it's just a fear food. But if I've never eaten it, then they wouldn't give it to me because they also know that's my preferences and they don't like it. But my family basically had full control of my meals and my portions. And it was kind of just, you know, me being a child again, like letting them have all the control and serve me up my meals. And it actually helped a lot because the more I gave them control, the less control my eating disorder had over me which was crucial in my recovery because it was my whole eating disorder was about control itself. So the eating disorder, you know, it got quieter. I had many ups and downs. um, And I was, I remember after doing that and giving my parents full control, I was, I wasn't a lot, lot better, but I was better than I was. And I would stop going in these massive highs and lows throughout recovery it was more stable and it was like I was now stuck kind of in quasi recovery for a few months and then it got to December that year and I was like I don't know I just woke up one day and I was like I'm sick of this like I was going to the doctors every week um there was a new problem every week a new issue and I just was getting nowhere and I woke up one day and I was like I am sick of this I'm sick of living like this Every day is the same. I'm sick of always being so depressed and anxious. And I'm sick of my whole life revolving around food and exercise. Like I was just fed up with it. And that was the day after I had a doctor's appointment that was pretty. I think I had a week where I was just, you know, I fell back down. I relapsed really bad. And I didn't have a good week. We went to the doctors. My mom was, I just saw her so upset and she was in tears. And she's like, I knew she kind of, it looks like she was giving up. Like she didn't really have much hope. And I didn't have hope either. And I woke up the next morning and I was like, I'm sick of this. I can't do this anymore. And I went downstairs and I would like cry 
at every single breakfast, like at every meal, but I'd cry at breakfast especially, I don't know why. Um, and this was, you know, the day I was having eggs and eggs was a very hard day for me. I literally have eggs every day now and I love them, but it was very hard for me back then. I don't know why, it was just something about eggs. Anyways, I went down and I, for the first time in ages, just ate my entire breakfast without any crying, any tantrums, saying anything. I just ate it like normally, like I used to. And then I think everyone was like a bit shocked. And then from there, I had the rest of the day, I was pretty good. I still thought about food and I was still feeling like inside, like, oh my God, this is so hard. But I just pushed through. And I was like, I kind of remember, like, I feel the feeling now. It's just feeling like this is where it gets better. Like, this is where my life starts. And it was just like going from feeling like I'm trapped and I'm in the dark to feeling like there's hope and seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. And I know a lot of people have to put a lot of work into recovery, a lot of mental work, and I did as well. But in some ways, it's like one day, it's just like everything clicked. Like I woke up the day and it clicked and I'm like, I don't want to live like this anymore. So that's when I started real recovery. That's when I myself started me committing to recovery because before that, it was like, it was my parents and my psychologist, my dietitian, my doctor doing all the work. I wasn't actively doing the work. I didn't want to recover for me. I was recovering for them. But this is the day I woke up and I was like, I'm recovering for myself. And that's the week or the same month I'd started my recovery account. And that is the greatest thing that's like ever happened because I'm able to use my story, my knowledge, my experience and my advice to help all of you guys, which I think is truly amazing and such a beautiful thing. And I'm so grateful for all of you guys. I'm honestly so grateful for the kindness and the love you give me, but I'm grateful that I can give that love back to you. And you all mean the world to me, honestly. I am forever grateful this opportunity I've had to influence so many people. So yeah, I started my recovery count. I think it was that week. It was some, something around then. Um, and yeah, since then, it's been a year and a bit. I'm definitely not fully recovered. And I hate saying it, like it breaks my heart. But in some ways, I don't think I'll ever fully recover. Like I don't think I'll ever fully restore this date and the relationship I had around food prior to developing this but I think you know I'll be mostly recovered I'll be 99.99% there you know those thoughts and urges might never go away but I'll be able to live with them and I'll be able to suppress them and I'll be able to like move past them when I'm in situations and when I'm doing things. So I have hope that I will be mostly recovered um, and even maybe maybe I'll fully recover, but I'm more so talking about all like the thoughts and the memories about that, um, about my eating disorder. You know, they're probably, there's still gonna be fragments there forever. 
but I'm accepting that and I'm okay with that because as long as the eating disorder isn't controlling me today, that's all that matters. So it's been a long journey. Um, I've had ups and downs, but it's the downs I've had and the struggles I've had were like the highs of when I was at my absolute worst before committing to recovery myself. Like the low periods of time and nothing compared to what I was having before. And the high periods of time, it's just like when I'm on a high and when I'm feeling good and going well in recovery, I just feel like I'm actually living. And it's so, it's the nicest feeling ever to live again, to laugh again, to feel emotions. It's so nice, like it's even nice to cry and feel genuinely upset for like genuine reasons, not over food feeling upset because, you know, I failed a test or because something happened in my family, someone's sick, feeling upset, like it's it's sad, but it's nice to just be human and be upset for those reasons. And I couldn't, when I was stuck in an eating disorder, I didn't get upset about anything but food. Like everything else, all my other problems, I just forgot about. Like I, they didn't matter to me. All that mattered was food. So it is nice to get upset about all the things I know me as a person, not my eating disorder, but me as a person truly values and cares about. And then when I'm happy, it's just so nice to live and to feel like warmth and butterflies. And it's amazing. It's the nicest feeling ever. So yeah, um, for the future, I just, I'm excited to see where life takes me. And I'm just so grateful that I was able to finish school. I was able to start uni, able to start my life. I'm able to work again. It's just so nice to actually be living and experiencing and building memories, building social connections. And I'm not 100% there, but I'm 80% there at the moment. I feel like I've got most of my life back and there's still areas I need to work on. I still struggle with some stuff, but... My eating disorder does not consume my mind and does not consume my day. And it's gone from being my entire mind, being like in my body, controlling me, to me controlling my body. And my eating disorder kind of just like being at the back of my head every now and then, you know, it'll try and peep through. But now I have the skills to push it back and push that voice back. And I think it's truly amazing. And I think full recovery is possible for everybody. No matter how strong you are as a person, you're all strong in your own way um, and you have, you're capable of recovering and you have the brightest future ahead of you. So if you're in quasi-recovery or if you're, you know, in the depths of your eating disorder and you feel like there's no way out, there is a way out. And I know you want to recover, but I know your eating disorder is there and it's consuming your mind. And I know that there's a life waiting for you. And I really, it breaks my heart that you have to miss out on it. So please just listen to me and give it a try. And just wake up. Wake up like I did one day. And don't give in to your eating disorder. Give in to what you truly want as a person. Okay, so that is the end of the podcast. As per usual, if you have any suggestions for next week's podcast, please let me know um, by messaging me on Instagram.
Um, anyways, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope it resonated with some of you and possibly helped you. And I hope you all have a great week. Bye.